Kitchen. And I even don't know that answer, but it is really great. A long time ago, there was a girl named Mary, and she was doing something either inside or outside the house. She had brown hair with a dress on. The dress was blue and um, sneakers. And then an angel named Gabriel appeared up and he said, Mary, you are going to have a baby, the son of the living God. His name is, you will name him Jesus and he will be very royal. Something like that. Okay, I'm so happy. Joseph, he had a t-shirt on and sneakers. An angel appeared. Joseph, you're going to have a baby and you should not be afraid, but be excited about it. Then he vanished. An angel came up to me and said, you will mar marry Mary. And then they rode on a donkey all the way to Bethlehem, and then, and then they asked the keeper from the hotel, we, we need a place for the night. And then he said, I have no room. And then they had to go on the barn. During that time, the wise men found a star. One with tomato and one with a cucumber. It's a veggie tale movie. You know, food don't talk, but this food does talk. With eyes and a mouth and a nose. They remembered a long time ago written there was going to be a baby written down written and then a scar in the sky which show when he was being born. We should follow the star and bring gifts to Jesus. Let's go ride some camels. So they took a journey over oceans and seas, long lands, plains, plains, mountains. They had to go so far just to see this baby. The wise guy brought Jesus gold, frankincense, and mud. That night, an angel appeared to the shepherds while they were watching their flock of sheep. They like wear a bag on their head. It looks like they like cut it open like so he could see on his face. In their hand they have like a little, like a cane. Yeah. Like old people. It has wings. It does have wings. It does. The angel Gabriel said, do not be afraid. There's a new um, baby named Jesus by that star over there. And then the shepherd said, we have nothing to wear. Why would we go see a king like this? God doesn't care. You can go just with nothing. They rejoiced so happy that they ran there. The table it smelled like animal. They used to hay for like a little crib. He's so precious. His little blue eyes. Baby Jesus, you are handsome, cute, and beautiful. Jesus was supposed to be born. God sent him to earth so he could live on earth too. 
so he can help people out and stuff. Jesus is the king of Christmas. Then they moved into a little house. A little house. It was so little. Tidy thing. It's so tidy. This is like the worst video. <laughs> <laughs> Now, children are dismissed to junior church. I thought that was so cute. Not quite the way I remembered the Christmas story, exactly, but um, Mary and Joseph, we see in that video that they did trust in God, that they did believe in Him, even though they were confused, and, and when things in life weren't going their way, they were still continuing to trust in God, knowing that He's good, knowing that He had a plan, even when chaos was all around them, they trusted in Him. Have you ever had life not go the way that you wanted it to? Have you ever had life not go the way that you planned? I think that's all of us. Um, have you ever felt even maybe like God let you down? Maybe you felt disappointed in God. Some of you may have had a medical condition that the doctors called 2020. Uh, it's now been updated to 2021. <laughs> uh, maybe last year, uh, anybody remember New Year's Eve last year? And you're like, oh, this 2020 has been so crazy, insane, awful. 2021, this is my year. This is going to be it. Everything's going to go back to normal. This year is going to be amazing. And then you experience 2021 and you're like, eh, not much better. <laughs> Things are getting better, I think, but now it's almost 2022. And don't say, please don't jinx it again. Don't say, this is my year. It's going to be the best year ever. Don't jinx it. But we've got 2022 coming up. Surely, surely things are going to be better. But you know what? Until Jesus comes back, things may be a long way away from what you had planned for. Maybe a long way away from what you were hoping for. And maybe you have a lot of disappointments along the way. Maybe for you it's in your personal life. Maybe with your job or your marriage or your family or your finances or your health. And things aren't where you wanted them to be. And you're frustrated and you're upset and you're disappointed. When oftentimes life doesn't go as we had planned. Life doesn't go as you had hoped. But the truth is that life doesn't often go as we had planned. <laughs> if you've lived long enough, you kind of, we pick this up, we realize things don't always go our way. Our perfect little plan that we had when you know, we graduated high school or even way before that. Our perfect little plan. And that's why we needed a Savior to be born. That's why we need Jesus. Let's read about him. Turn to Luke chapter 2, please. Luke chapter 2, as you may have guessed, we're in the, the Christmas account this morning. Not just a Christmas story, not a fairy tale. Sometimes we use the word story like, okay kids, let's read a story. And it's like a make-believe. This is a real story, real account of what really happened. Luke chapter 2, look at verse 1. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. You have historical accounts telling us when this really happened, about 2,000 years ago, a little over. 
Verse 3, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census, because they didn't have the internet back then. Verse 4, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. That's the New Living Translation. Verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. What does Charlie Brown say? They were so afraid. Right? But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. How many people? All people, everywhere. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, which Hallie saw last week. She was reporting live with the angels, right, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven. And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. If you have your bulletin insert, you can write this thought down that you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. This is something we really, really need to internalize. We don't always understand the plan, but we need to know that God has a purpose sometimes behind our disappointment, behind our pain. Not saying that God causes every bad thing in your life to happen. Not the case, but when a sin-sick world, a fallen world, has bad things happen, even people who love God and follow Him, that God is still good. That He can still bring purpose out of your pain. That first Christmas, God gave a very unexpected gift uh, to the world, not a a king wrapped in royal clothes with like this halo that you see in the pictures. There's not a halo in His head. It's, It's a baby. Born in this hollowed out cave, very not glamorous, very just rugged and stinky and gritty and and dirty. And Mary's given birth without a midwife, without a doctor. Can you imagine, Kate? Given birth in a barn with Mitch. Just Mitch there. How would you feel, Mitch? (laughs) Call a doctor, please. Somebody help. Mary's given birth, not quite what they had anticipated, not what we would hope for, certainly, and not what they had expected, but this was God's son, and he was born, not just, yay, he's born, but he was born to die, born with a purpose uh, in his life, a great, grand design to take away the sins of the world, and to bring, we're talking about peace, to bring peace on the earth, peace in our hearts today. But as we watch the news, we know there's not peace on the world everywhere, but one day there will be when Jesus comes back and brings peace to the whole world. That'll be a good day, amen? That'll be the day. Peace, love, hope, joy, no sin, no suffering, no sorrow. That is God's great design, His great plan for Jesus. And it seemed at that time, I mean, if you were, if we had... uh, a bird's eye view, a fly on the wall in the stable in that manger scene. 
uh, it would not seem quite like peace on earth. We like to sing that song, Silent Night, and Rachel always points out, dude, there's a, there's a baby, there's a woman in labor screaming, like this is not a silent night. And then the, what does that meme say? Uh, you know, the, the little drummer boy thinks that what, the first thing Mary needs is a drum solo, right? She's got this baby. She's trying to get it to sleep. She needs a drum solo. That's what she needs, Jim, a drum solo. Not quite what Mary needed. Not a silent night, not a drum solo. A little bit different than probably Mary was expecting or anticipating. The Christmas account is so stinking cute. So precious when the kids acted out or when they dress up like they did last week and for the recordings. So cute. But the harsh reality is that we have this young couple, Mary and Joseph. Mary was like 13 or 14 years old. If you can imagine your kids or yourself, 13 or 14 years old, and they have this whirlwind of just unanticipated, unexpected, chaotic, crazy things happening to them. Um, they were people, just like you and me. They had their own goals and dreams in life. They had their uh, own aspirations and what they wanted to do, just like you and me. And now they're, they're navigating kind of what feels like perhaps a, a betrayal or maybe a deceit with Mary becoming pregnant. They've got some relational conflict going on. Who got you pregnant? It was the Holy Spirit, Mary. Okay, yeah, that's, I haven't heard that one before. And so Joseph, how do you think Joseph feels? We'll get to him in a minute, but in, you know, in that culture, you weren't supposed to be pregnant outside of marriage. This was, I mean, she would have been ostracized, uh, ashamed her, the rest of her life. And they were humiliated. They were hated among some. They've got this traumatic birth in this dirty cave. This is kind of a living nightmare. Uh, they're, they're running as fugitives. Okay, you just had a baby, Kate, and now you're a fugitive and you've got to flee to Mexico. How would the... Oh, Mitch told me. All your secrets. They got this baby, they've got to flee to Mexico. King Herod wants to kill their child. As if a, a birth in a cave isn't traumatic enough, now they're on the run. And they've got to get out of there so their baby doesn't die. All this trouble, all this disappointment. For what? For Mary saying, I am God's servant, may it be to me as you have said. She's doing exactly what God told her to do. And all this is happening, isn't it? I follow God, I give my life to Jesus, I get baptized, and then my life is perfect, right? That's how that works, right? Now, Mary's discovering that even when you follow God, even when you give your life to Him, even when you be as Mary and say, I am God's servant, may it be to me as you have said, disappointments... Suffering, and pain, and loss, difficulties, frustration, fear, anxiety, loneliness, depression, all these things can still happen because we live in a sin-sick world. Can you imagine Joseph? You know, he's got this perfect proposal planned, right? He's going to take Mary to this nice bridge in Bethlehem. He's got the ring. He's going to get down on one knee. The photographer's there. You know, and he's going to propose to her and get this perfect picture. It's going to be an Instagram moment posted on Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and everything else. Hashtag blessed. And Mary's going to get all these likes. You know, hashtag blessed. And this is like the perfect moment in his mind proposing to Mary. And that is not quite 
how it goes down, is it? They've got these big plans, right? They're going to get married in May, going to go to an all-inclusive resort in Rome, right? And they have, they're going to have plans to pay off Joseph's, uh, his trade school loans, right? In two years, and then he's going to hire some more people for his business, more carpenters. And then once he gets these carpenters hired for his business, he can take some time off, and they can start a family, and they can start having these kids, right? Mary can start having kids once they got all their ducks lined in a row. He's going to build his new home, a starter home, because he's a carpenter in Nazareth, this nice suburb of Nazareth. He's got everything planned out. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. This is not what Joseph is expecting. Matthew chapter 1, Mary and Joseph, they had big plans. You and me, we've had plans in our life, haven't we? <laughs> and they always go exactly how we wanted, right? Nope. Boo! No. <laughs> no, that is not how that works. Um, we have grand plans, but God sometimes interrupts our plans. And like Joseph, it's complicated. It's untimely. God, why are you doing this right now? Why are you allowing this to happen? Seems unfair. Seems inconvenient. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before their marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Other versions say he decided to divorce her Quietly, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the reason behind all these interruptions. Imagine yourself... 12 or 13, 14 years old, or your kids, an angel appearing and say, hey, you're going to get pregnant uh, by God's power, the Holy Spirit. And, uh, but Mary, you know what she was? So beautiful, so trusting, her faith in God. May it be to me, your servant, as just as you have said, that's powerful trusting submission. And she's on a spiritual high. You know, she's excited. She's seen an angel. And she runs to Joseph, 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 you're never going to believe what happened. I am pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Good news for the entire world. Like this is a huge deal, this powerful moment for Joseph. How would you feel? That's a lot to take in. Not how you had planned. Joseph may be pretty ticked and hurt. Um, Mary, are you lying to me? Mary, are you cheating on me? Mary, are you just crazy? You're loco in the cabeza? Did you go insane? Mary, what's going on? So Joseph, I think he's kind of crushed. He's devastated in a way, maybe more devastated than we have been in 2020 and 2021 with just crazy, life-wrecking disappointments. And you know their wedding invitations have already gone out, right? Now they've got to cancel, and this is embarrassing to everybody. They've got to call the whole thing off. It's public humiliation, public humiliation, personal betrayal. Joseph is not feeling good. And... Um, he trusts Mary, you know? He trusts somebody, you love him, and he was ready to spend his life on them, and now he feels like, for a moment, that she cheated on me. And my life, our life together, this great plan that we had, is now over. Bubble, 
Pop. Boba bursted. This is not the plan. And so he plans to divorce her quietly. He plans to divorce her quietly. Okay. Back then, engagement was a little different. It was like you were almost already married. Okay. You're, they call it betrothed, and you were connected. You were basically technically married, even though you had this engagement period. Okay. So he planned not just to break off the engagement, but it would have been a full divorce. And he's trying to do it quietly, not to embarrass her greatly. But then here's Mary, this little teenage girl. She didn't do nothing wrong. She did exactly everything that God had told her to do. Exactly as he asked. And now her technically husband is planning on leaving her, divorcing her. She's got to be shamed by that, frustrated. She's going to be um, you know, pushed out of society, not be able to participate the rest of her life. What's she thinking right now? God, where are you? I'm doing exactly everything that you told me to do. Do you even care? Do you even hear me? Are you even listening? It isn't fair. Could you talk to Joseph? Please tell him. <laughs> Fill him in on what's going on. He doesn't like me. He doesn't want me. He even wants to divorce me. That was a, this wasn't what I wanted, God. I'm your servant, but this is not going how I planned. So what do you do when you're in the middle of a disappointment with God? What do you do? You ever had similar, similar feelings in your life? Frustrated by what's going on? Frustrated by the things that have happened or not happened? Frustrated by those plans that you had that got just completely obliterated? Frustrated by the chaos and pain and sickness and suffering that is continuing to go on in the world, especially the past two years? Maybe it's frustration for you with a romantic relationship that's not going how you plan. Maybe it's um, your schooling or your kids' schooling. You had to homeschool for a while and you didn't plan on that and it messed up your work. And Maybe it's stuff with your work where you, you lost your job or your job's been a roller coaster. Your finances have been a wreck because of you know, the, the shutdowns and, and all these things that uh, how the world responded to COVID-19 and your marriage has been on extra stress high because of all these things happening in the world. Maybe you really wanted a baby and that just didn't happen. Maybe you weren't planning on a baby and uh, surprise, something happened and uh, Things weren't, didn't go like you had planned. Things didn't go like you had hoped. Whatever it is in your life, I'm guessing that so many of you are, are facing and have faced and will continue to face because we're human and we live in this world. Things that we didn't plan for in life. Things that we are... It can be a frustration. It can be a great pain. It can be a great disappointment. And maybe you've wondered, like perhaps Mary and Joseph did, Where are you, God? What are you doing? Are you even there? Do you even care? Are you for real? So some good news for great joy for Christmas this season I want to share with you is that you don't have to understand the plan to trust God's purpose. 
When all the craziness in your life, when things just blow up, when things go like you had not expected, anticipated, wanted, hoped, dreamed. Mary knew God is still good. He still loves her. He's still there. He still cares. He's still preparing a future for her. Even though in some ways the world was crashing down all around. Solomon, the wise Solomon wrote in Proverbs 19, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I thank God that He has a purpose for my life and for your life. I thank God that His purpose can't be stopped by any viruses. I I thank God that His purpose can't be stopped by anybody's opinions or anything I do myself that's just stupid to mess up plans. I thank God that my disappointment can't stop God's purpose. God is there. He cares. He loves you. He is with you through it all. Even when you feel like your world is crashing all around you. Joseph had plans to divorce Mary, didn't he? And then an angel showed up and told him the good news for great joy of our Savior. And now we can be like Joseph too. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, God. Okay, I see you're doing something here. You're doing something in the middle of my disappointment. I'm not really excited about where I am right now. I'm not, I, I don't enjoy the situation that I'm in. It really hurts. But I see you there. I see that you are still active. You are still working inside my disappointment. Inside my fear. Inside my frustration. Inside my anxiety, my loneliness, my depression, my despair. God, you are still here. You will always be here. Even though life really, 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 really hurts right now. There's still a purpose in my pain. Even though I don't quite understand it all yet. And I may never understand it until the day the Lord Jesus comes back. You are still God. You are still good in the midst of my disappointment. He is. He is. Know that. Don't forget that. And last thought is your disappointment might actually be a divine appointment with God. Our disappointment could actually be a divine appointment with God, a way to trust in Him like Mary more than we ever before, to trust in Him like Joseph more than he had ever before, even though all these things we hadn't planned on, we were disappointed by, frustrated by, filled with chaos by. Our divine disappointment, our disappointment, it can be a divine appointment with God. So Mary and Joseph are trying to figure things out What do we got to do? And they started uh, to get things together. Okay, this baby's born. Oh, now, now. Caesar Augustus issued this crazy crazy decree. All right, they're getting ready. uh, They're on the same page with having the baby. Okay, okay, it's from the Holy Spirit. Got it. Now we got to go to Bethlehem. Now, we don't understand this quite in today's world because we get in the car and we go down 75 and, you know, we drive 80 miles. Okay, I drive 80 85 uh, speed limit says 70 miles an hour is what we're supposed to drive we'll just say that and we go anywhere we want in very short time in very uh, comfortable conditions 
But you know what Mary and Joseph didn't have? Everything we have today, modern conveniences. This is incredibly inconvenient for them, beyond measure, beyond our comprehension. Okay, we see Christmas cards, you know, we've got Mary and Joseph, and he's doing the donkey thing, and they're going, and there's the star, and it's real pretty. It's real pretty. In fact, I got some Christmas cards from some of you this week. And I just, they got to stop the Christmas cards with the glitter on the front. I'm sorry. I love Christmas. I love Jesus. But the glitter, I cannot get it off of me and my hands and in my face. And my kids know that I hate glitter. They know it. And they say, Daddy, ooh, ooh, we got a card. Daddy, Daddy, get off, get off. And Azariah, he goes over to the Christmas tree, these ornaments over here, and he gets the glitter on his hands from the snowflakes. And he goes, Daddy, 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 stop it. So all these pretty Christmas cards with all the glitter. Do not send me cards with glitter if you, if you have any decency in you at all, please. That's the worst thing to say. I should not have made that public knowledge. Now every card I get is going to have a glitter bomb on the inside. So we got Mary and Joseph and their picturesque scene. But guess what it wasn't? It wasn't a perfect Christmas card. They were going 90 miles, not an hour, 90 miles away on a donkey. Joseph may be walking. This is like a two-week journey, one way. Okay, he's got to call off work for two weeks. They're, they have no income for two weeks. Grueling, grueling trip with a, a very pregnant, perhaps Mary, and uh, on his donkey in a Judean desert, freezing temperatures at night, sometimes snow. We got roads, dangerous roads with robbers and thieves and pirates, not on the boat, but you know, people who want to mess with you and hurt you and beat you up and steal your wallet. This is a very dangerous journey. It's not like, hey, let's go to tip, you know, and go to what's the barbecue place? Hickory, Hickory, everybody knows Hickory. It's not a little short little trip that's it's a big, big big deal. Tremendous stress. And Joseph's got this massive pressure on him. It's a hazardous trip. I got to take care of my wife. We're on this long journey on an uncomfortable animal's back. She's having contractions and she's panicking and I got to take care of her. So he's running red lights on this donkey, you know, trying to get there faster. I don't know about you, but I've gone on car trips with a very pregnant wife. Is Rachel here? I shouldn't say too much. Uh, hi, honey. Shouldn't you be back in the nursery? No, just kidding. I've gone on car trips. We have comfortable seats, right? You guys have nice seats in your car. We even have the bun warmers. You know what I mean? Uh, that defrost your rear. It's really great. It's really great. Uh, we have uh, air conditioning and heat. And it's still driving with somebody who has to stop for the restroom very often. You know, trips take a lot longer than expected. And that's in 2020, 2021, whatever year it is. Convenience, okay? Mary and Joseph had none of that. Try to picture your mind, if you were Mary or you were Joseph going on this trip, their dedication to God is just incredible. I love this account of Mary and Joseph. You know what else they didn't have? Hotels.com, okay? They couldn't just say, Hey, boop, boop on the phone. You know, we got a room. It's booked. 
Oh, it's only got, you know, a king-size bed, and I was hoping for more, and non-smoking, and... No! They get there, and they're like, hey, anything, anything. And they're like, we got this barn, kind of a cave, it's dirty, it's smelly, it's nasty, it's gross. Okay, we'll take it. Booked. That's exciting. You know, kind of their first honeymoon, right? This is a, a great experience on your first honeymoon. We're not talking a barn like HGTV shiplap barn. This is like... You know, first century gross that she gets to have, give birth in. Like, this is not a sterile environment. This is not what she had planned when she found out she was pregnant. Nasty hole in the wall. And then these gross, dirty shepherds want to come and hold her baby. Kate! Gross, dirty shepherds. You giving it over to them? Here you go. Here's Alex. Oh, whoa, wow. Chris, Kim, life is filled with disappointments. <laughs> so, family drama, you got conflict now. When you go home, not speaking to each other. This is hard. This is difficult disappointments in life. And then they, you know, before they can even get home to decorate the nursery, they've got King Herod on their back trying to kill their baby. They're fleeing, they're running, and they're doing everything that God asked them to do. This is peace on earth. This, this is peace on earth. This sounds more like hell on earth than peace on earth. This is not, this is not what they had planned. This is not what they had envisioned. But we see that God had a plan and He had a purpose. 33 years later, guess where Mary was? at the foot of the cross, watching her precious little baby boy die an excruciating death. So painful they had to invent a new word. Excruciating literally means out of the cross. You've heard that before. Out of the cross pain. So painful they had to invent a new word. Not only on the cross, many people died on crosses, but taking on the wrath of God for the sins of mankind. As a mother, watching your child die in front of you, I, I, can't, I can't imagine, even f begin to fathom what Mary's going through. That's my son. I remember 33 years ago, right next to that horse and that camel and that shepherd over there. There he is. But she knew that God had a plan and God had a purpose and she was seeing that purpose revealed, come to fruition at the cross for the sins of mankind. I want to just read to you that verse again, Matthew chapter 1, 21, if you're still there at all. And she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is what Mary was witnessing. Now this is, it's heartbreaking as a mother, but it's also really, really powerful. You get to see prophecy fulfilled right in front of you. And how privileged was Mary to get to be the mother of the Savior of the world. That's a cool mom moment. Difficult but incredible, miraculous 
especially after the resurrection. So Mary had a plan. And Joseph had a plan. And you and I, we have our plans, but God has a purpose. God has a purpose. And it may not always line up with our plans. But the best news is that you and I are that purpose. That is why Jesus died. It was for you and for me to save us from our sins. We are that purpose. Why Jesus was born? Now, I don't want to make us the center of everything because our, our culture is already too narcissistic. But truly, God gave us the gift of Jesus to save us, to save you from your sins. This is why he was born. This is why Mary and Joseph's plans were all messed up. For us. That was God's purpose behind that. Because he knew what we needed. You know, if we needed a teacher, God would have given, given us a teacher. If we needed a psychologist, God would have given us that. If we needed a, doc, a healing, you know, physically, God would have given us a doctor. But he knew that we needed forgiveness and grace and mercy. And so God gave us what we truly needed, which was a Savior, a Messiah. God knows what we truly need. And even when it always doesn't line up with our plans, God gives us what we truly need in our lives. We need forgiveness and hope and healing in our world. This is Jesus who grew up to be the Lamb of God, the Savior, the um, sinless one who saved His people from their sins, who changed everything so we could experience the peace of God. And in the middle of your pain right now, in the middle of your hurt and your suffering and your tears and your grief and your frustration and your disappointment, when life doesn't go your way and when you don't uh, feel like you have peace in your life, know that there is a peace from heaven that only God can give and that He does give to us when we come to Him. And He is not... He is not just giving us peace, but He is peace. Scriptures say that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the peace. Do you have that peace in your life? Even though you're experiencing things that you don't want to. Even though you have such disappointments and such frustration. And I'm please don't misunderstand. God is not causing those loved ones in your life to die. He's not causing that sickness and that pain and that hurt and that job firing and that frustration and that cancer. God is not causing those things. But God is still good in those things. As Romans say, in all things, God is working together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. God is good through it all. And I know sometimes when we get dis disappointed, we kind of push away and we say, God, why would you, God? How could you allow this, God? Don't you even care? God, what about this suffering, God? How could you allow evil in the world? How could you allow COVID-19? And we kind of shake our fists and we get disappointed, we get frustrated, we get angry. But know that God did not cause those things. The sin-sick, fallen world because of what our first mother and father, Adam and Eve, did. And because of what we would have done if they didn't. Sin. 
cause all this pain and suffering and disappointment and sickness and sorrow and pain and tears and death. But that's why we need Jesus. That's why we need our Savior. That's why we need this Messiah born in this crazy barn, not Mary's plan. That's why we need Him. So we can be one day free from the sin-sick world. And Jesus can come back and make it like it was supposed to be in the beginning. No more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more sickness, no more death, no more COVID, no more terrorists, no more bullies, no more financial struggles, no more marriage, drama, none of that. There was a purpose behind the chaos, so it seemed. God's plan. Even in the midst of the darkness, He is still working. He still loves you. He is still good. And if you don't know Him, you need to know Him. So you can have that peace in your life that you cannot, will not find anywhere else in this world. Peace that only God can give through His Son, Jesus. You will not find it in money or relationships, you know, whatever idols this world has, entertainment or sports. Definitely won't find it in the Cleveland Indians, not causing peace. We don't say the G word in here, Mitch. This is a holy place. The Cleveland guy. Excuse me. Whatever team you're rooting for, even if they lose against Michigan, God is still good. And they'll get them next year, Greg, so don't worry about it. Hey, one out of ten ain't bad, right? What do they say? Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. I don't even care about football, but I know a lot of people. Then we have a target, a target on their heads. No. We're going to sing our last song, and hopefully Greg will play instead of walking out and punching me in the face after I just blasted him and his team. God loves you. God cares for you, even in the midst of your disappointment and suffering. And sometimes things don't go as planned like Mary and Joseph, but God, through it all, has a purpose. Trust in Him. Trust in Him, no matter what you're going through. He's still good. Always. Always. And He gave us the greatest gift this week. Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy all the stuff you got going on. Have fun at your Christmas Eve party and unwrapping the plastic stuff and electronic stuff on Christmas Day. But know that that's not what Christmas is all about. Gifts are good, but remember the biggest gift that has ever been given in the history of mankind and the history of the universe. That's Jesus. And God unwrapped him on Christmas Day as Mary was screaming in pain. Here he is, the Messiah to save the world. And that one who was born on that day changes everything. That doesn't mean that everything will be changed right now, but our perspective will be changed and our heart will be changed. Looking forward to when everything will finally finish being changed in his kingdom. So we have that change in our lives and we can look forward to that day where we do get to reunite with our loved ones who also worship the Messiah. Where we get to experience eternal peace and hope and love and joy. 
And that is the power of Christmas. The meaning of Christmas. I hope you know Him. I pray that you follow Him. If you don't, you are missing out on the biggest thing in the universe. Don't make that mistake. Give your life to Jesus today and every day. Let's stand and sing praise to our Savior who was born. together. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise your name, always and forever, because you gave us Christmas, which will make us merry and joyful for all eternity, because of the Savior, the Messiah, born to us that day. And I pray that you would indeed fill us with that heavenly peace that changes our lives transforms our souls. And even when the world is filled with chaos and destruction and despair and disappointment, we can still trust in your heavenly peace. Peace that goes beyond our understanding. Peace that transcends all our circumstances. And no matter what we have going on, Lord, help us to live out lives of love and joy and hope and peace. Not just for ourselves, but for the world around us who desperately, desperately, desperately need a Savior and that hope in their life too. Help us to share and live out the real message, uh, the true meaning of Christmas this week. 
Troyview Church. We thank God. Most of all for who? Jesus. That baby born in the manger. In His name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.